Call the meeting to order. Ms. Troublefield, can you call roll, please? Mr. Cannon? Mr. Cackle? Here. Mr. Collins? Here. Dr. Darmstadter? Here. Dr. Hattier? Mr. Layfield? Here. Mr. Peden? Here. Mrs. Pryor? Here. Dr. Statler? Here. Mrs. Wright? Here. We have a quorum. 1.03, motion, is there a motion to move into executive session? So moved. Second. Motion made and seconded. All those in favor say aye. 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 Move into executive session. I'd like to reconvene a regular session at this time. And at this time, I'd like South Central Color Guard will be posting the colors. If I could have everyone rise for the Pledge of Allegiance. If I could have everyone remain standing, I'd like to hold a moment of silence in remembrance of a longtime employee here in the district, Chris Profetti, a principal, a leader, and a friend of many in the district. Thank you. Please be seated.
3.03, and 05. Looking for a motion to approve the agenda for this evening, the regular meeting minutes from January the 25th, and executive meeting minutes from January the 25th. So moved. Second. Motion made and seconded. Any discussion? Hearing none. All those in favor say aye. 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 Those opposed? Approved. Moving forward. Recognition. Dr. Owens, 4.01. Yes, thank you. Tonight we'd like to recognize our Teachers of the Year, 2020 Teachers of the Year. Uh, Mr. Layfield, would you please join me at the podium? And Dr. Jerns and Ms. Dorman, please join us on the stage. Good evening, everyone. We're here tonight to recognize a very special group of people. Those are our 2020-21 Teachers of the Year. In a typical year, we would have held a district-wide celebration this past spring, but due to COVID, we were unable to do so. And we held out hope that we might be able to do something this school year. Um, and tonight, we are recognizing our recipients. So what I would like the recipients to do is when I say your name, please come forward, enter the stage here on my right, your left. You will be handed your certificate and then stand in the center for a photo, please. We're only doing individual photos this evening. Tonight, our recipients are receiving two proclamations, one from the Delaware General Assembly and one from the House of Representatives. As you're walking to the stage, I'm going to read excerpts from letters of recommendations that were received for each teacher of the year. First, let's begin with Amy Workman, East Millsboro Elementary, first grade. Amy fully recognizes student needs and goes above and beyond to meet those needs. She quickly makes personal connections with students and they immediately are drawn to her. We had a student last year who was homeless and whose mother was soon to have a new baby. Without hesitation, Amy visited the thrift store where she volunteers and loaded into her truck items to meet the needs of both the new baby and her student. Amy always puts student needs before her own and ensures that she does all that she can to meet those needs. Amy, congratulations. Jenna Kirk, Georgetown Elementary, second grade teacher. As a teacher, Jenna excels at working with her diverse group of students and at serving as a model and leader for her colleagues. At her grade level, Jenna is gifted at working with beginning bilingual students, those that are in their first years in our country. She works diligently to learn the curricula and to find pedagogical approaches like SIOP to make the content much more appropriate to the language of her beginning English students. Another aspect of Jenna's personality is her willingness and openness to reach out for resources to enhance her own craft. 
Jenna is always looking for ways in which she can support and enhance the experience of learning for her students in her classroom. Congratulations to Jenna Kirk. Eric McGuire, Georgetown Middle School, 6th to 8th grade, Digital Design. Is Eric with us this evening? Okay. Lindsay Hudson-Hobbs, GW Carver, Special Education Teacher. Mrs. Hudson-Hobbs goes beyond academic learning in her classroom. Through the behavior management level system in conjunction with daily huddle sessions, the students learn compassion, tolerance, common behavior, expectations of self and others, and regulation strategies. Mrs. Hubson Hobbs adapts to students' social-emotional needs in addition to their academic needs on an ongoing basis. She provides students with the flexibility of choice. They have the ability to choose seating, self-regulation tools, and learning tasks, just to name a few. Through these different modalities, the students are engrossed in social-emotional learning opportunities while also learning all content academic areas. Congratulations, Lindsay. Sarah Cole Morgan, Howard T. Ennis, Autism, K-4. Mrs. Cole Morgan was one of the pioneers of the Indian River Autism Program. She remains an expert in preparing students with autism for inclusive opportunities in grades K to three. To do this, she collaborates with various therapists, teachers, administrators in multiple buildings, psychologists and coordinators to ensure the maximum participation in general education occurs for her students. She prepares detailed individualized education plans and sets goals and areas of need to close the delay that may affect the future successes of her students. Congratulations, Mrs. Cole Morgan. <laughs> Michelle Elliott, Indian River High School, 9th through 11th grade math. There are many days when Mrs. Elliott had the ability to change my outlook as a student, and now as a young adult. She comes across with a positive attitude and a mindset that impacts everyone's day beyond just teaching them in the classroom. Without hesitation, Mrs. Elliott takes it upon herself to support students and coworkers. She asks questions when she needs and finds answers if she doesn't have them readily available. She's quick to help any of her struggling learners and to make situations better. When I first met Mrs. Elliott, I knew she was a teacher who never stopped working, even after leaving the building. Congratulations, Mrs. Elliott. Jamie Swartz, John M. Clayton, K to fifth grade, STEM. Mrs. Swartz is a teacher who goes above and beyond. She is one of the first staff members in the building each morning and one of the last staff members to leave each afternoon. The many hats she wears in school include instructional leadership team member, project lead the way instructor, national elementary honor society faculty council member, robotics coach for grades three, four, and five, and is JMC's science lead. As a teacher, she's always trying to hone her craft through professional development, and she single-handedly garnered JMC's Project Lead the Ways nationally distinguished school recognition for the 2018-19 school year. 
In a short amount of time, she has clearly niched her mark on the school and district while holding a special place in her colleagues' and students' hearts. Congratulations, Mrs. Schwartz. <laughs> Emily Ray, Long Neck Elementary, third grade. Mrs. Ray's knowledge of instruction and ability to teach the most struggling of students goes unmatched. Her teaching style is enthusiastic, hands-on, and engaging to all students. Mrs. Ray develops students as leaders of their own learning. When you walk into her classroom, students are in charge, often leading and facilitating the learning groups. Students in her classroom set goals and are dedicated to reaching them. Not only does she hold students to high standards academically, but she cares a great deal about teaching the whole child and therefore works with the most intense behavioral and academic students in the third grade. Mrs. Ray works to ensure students have the best learning environment to be successful. Congratulations, Mrs. <laughs> Mary Krieger, Lord Baltimore, fifth grade. The moment you enter Ms. Krieger's fifth grade classroom, it's evident that she has developed relationships with her students and she connects with each one of them in a special way. Mrs. Krieger possesses the qualities of a highly effective educator that empowers the malleable minds of her young learners. Her classroom presence, high expectations, and encouraging energy allow students to feel confidence as they encounter challenges and they take risks in their educational journey. She has a passion for meeting the needs of all students, incorporates hands-on learning activities where students are taking the lead. Students collaborate with their peers to explain their thinking and respectfully challenge each other in the classroom. Congratulations, Mrs. Krieger. <laughs> Jenna Fowler, Millsboro Middle School, sixth grade English language arts. Ms. Fowler is a dependable staff member, a leader, and a positive influence in the building on a daily basis. She has integrated her personality, her positive demeanor, and leadership abilities to all situations throughout the school. She is successful in the ELA classroom, and so much so that the, her students' performance on state assessments is evidence to everything that she does. Her students are always engaged in higher level activities, questioning that leads to deeper learning, and understanding. Ms. Fowler participates in activities outside of the classroom as well, such as Girls on the Run, in which she does on a weekly basis in the school. Their program empowers young girls to set goals to be successful in and outside of school. Congratulations. Congratulations, Ms. Fowler. <laughs> Nikki Robbins, North Georgetown, fourth grade teacher. In addition to Ms. Robbins' innovative methods within her classroom, she has a natural ability to form strong relationships with her students. And those strong relationships are built on a strong foundation of tr trust, respect, and a mutual love for learning. Ms. Robbins has a long-standing reputation for taking the time to build relationships with her students based on their individual needs, their interests, and their visions. Ms. Robbins inspires her students to set personal goals, and she supports them in achieving those goals, whether they be a daily goal or a long-term goal. Congratulations, congratulations, Ms. Robbins. <laughs> Heather McCabe, 
Philip Seashaw, first grade teacher. Heather's knowledge and understanding of curriculum and standards is superb. Being duly certified, many of Heather's students require special accommodations throughout the day. And Mrs. McCabe provides those accommodations flawlessly and continues to hone her skill with the latest and best practices so that she can best serve all students. Heather has the ability to see what each individual child needs to understand the concepts and has the ability to make learning fun in the process. No matter how differently her students might learn, Heather always thinks outside of the box with her creativity and she does not stop until every child gets what they need. Heather connects with her students on every level and knows that she is dedicated to their growth academically, but also as people. Congratulations, Heather. Amanda Swain, Southern Delaware School of the Arts, seventh and eighth grade, English language arts. Amanda's influence on students extends beyond the confines of her classroom and from the confines of the school day. As a leader in the building, Mrs. Swain resigned from her role in the instructional leadership team so that she could focus on building the MTSS committee, focus on teaching the whole child. Mrs. Swain firmly believes that in order to best a child, we need to first address their physical, mental, and behavioral needs. It is this mindset that caused her to start our first behavioral RTI groups, and she has continued them. She works tireless, tirelessly to help students set individual goals and expectations, and then provide support so that students can reach them. Congratulations, Mrs. Swain. Now a very special recognition, I invite Brandon McCabe to come up front. Brandon was named our 21 District Teacher of the Year. Congratulations, Brandon. Brandon is a 9th through 12th grade agricultural structures and engineering teacher at Sussex Central High School. He was recognized and celebrated this past October when the state held their recognition for the district's te district teachers of the year. This recognition comes from one of Brandon's students' parents. As a parent, I had the privilege of having Brandon as my son's teacher for his entire high school career. I watched my son's skill level grow each year. However, Brandon's most impressive and appreciated attributes go way beyond his teaching. It is his caring and his mentoring of students that sets him apart from others. He became a very inspirational mentor to my son during his high school career and always encouraged him to do more, gave him guidance and the direction, and set him on a path where my son was able to make great academic decisions and choices. This included helping my son finding a very selective college where he could pursue both his academic and athletic career. And because of Brandon, my son has now chosen to become a teacher. As a parent, it is truly appreciated when your child has an outstanding role model and a positive influence in their life. Teachers like Brandon truly shape the lives of their students. Brandon, congratulations on behalf of everyone here. Now, I will close by saying that at our celebration in October, Brandon did receive, um, receive many gifts 
for one, um, all of the schools donated a gift card to Brandon as part of his celebration. Um, we also awarded him $500 for his classroom use with his students, and he will get to attend, as soon as we can get back to some normalcy, a professional conference of his choosing. Thank you for your time. Good evening. The, the next two recognitions are for two longtime employees within this district, uh, well deserving of an honor here this evening. First, Mr. Ivan Neal. Mr. Neal, can you join us please on the stage? I'm going to read a State of Delaware tribute from the House of Representatives that I think captures Mr. Neal's career here with us. Be it hereby known to all that the House of Representatives acknowledges Ivan Neal, Assistant Principal of Georgetown Elementary School, on the occasion of his retirement from the Indian River School District. We proudly recognize this outstanding individual and applaud his 37 years of dedicated service in the educational field. Mr. Neal began his career in 1983 as a special education teacher at Philip Shaw Elementary. In 1997, he became the assistant principal at Frankfurt Elementary, where he had, had earlier taught fourth grade for 13 years. He later served as an assistant principal and principal at Selbyville Middle School, principal at Philip Shaw, administrator of community programs, and assistant principal at Georgetown Elementary. He was Frankfurt Elementary School Teacher of the Year for 1989 and 1990, and the Indian River School District Teacher of the Year in 1990. He has truly made a positive difference in the lives of his students. Best wishes for an enjoyable retirement. The House of Representatives extends its sincere congratulations and directs this tribute to be issued to Mr. Neal. Signed Pete Schwartzkopf, Richard Puffer, Representative Collins, Representative Gray, Representative Ruth Briggs King, and Representative Dukes. Thank you, Mr. Neal. I'd like to ask Mr. Bryce Reed to join me on the stage. The State of Delaware House of Representatives provides this tr tribute to Mr. Bryce Reed. Be it hereby known to all that the House of Representatives acknowledges Mr. Reed, Assistant Principal, Sussex Central High School, on the occasion of his retirement from the Indian River School District. 
We proudly recognize this outstanding individual and applause his 31 years of dedicated service in the educational field. Mr. Reed was a computer teacher at Georgetown and North Georgetown Elementary Schools from 1990 to 97. He was a classroom teacher at North Georgetown from 1998 to 2000, assistant principal for Frankfurt Elementary School 2000 to 2003, principal at Georgetown Elementary from 2003 to 2006, principal at Selbyville Middle School from 2006 to 2010, principal and assistant principal at Seaford Senior High School from 2010 to 2012, and assistant principal at Sussex Central High School from 2012 to 2020. He has truly made a positive difference in the lives of his students. Best wishes for an enjoyable retirement. The House of Representatives extends its sincere congratulations and directs this tribute to be issued to Mr. Reed. Signed, Pete Schwartzkopf, Speaker of the House, Richard Puffer, Chief Clerk of the House, Representative Rich Collins, Representative Ron Gray, Representative Briggs King, and Representative Dukes. Thank you, Dr. Owens. Moving on to public comments. Do we have anyone coming forward to speak tonight for public comments? Mr. Hennigan. Hennigan. I'm going to read this on behalf of my husband, Michael Hennigan. Um, we are here tonight to advocate for our two children who are enrolled in the Indian River School District in third and first grade at Lord Baltimore Elementary School. Um, our goal here this evening is to get them back full time in a classroom setting as soon as possible. With only a few months left in the school year, it is vital to get their lives back to some sort of normalcy. It is very important and vital to the well-educated public. The current method of Zoom education does not work well for children, especially the young ones. We see our children struggle with this on a weekly basis. They have had a hard time trying to retain knowledge as they stare at a screen. My kids tell me how they are unable to have gym or art in a normal way or to see their friends. I am sure the teachers also struggle as they are not educated to teach in the Zoom style brand of education. We continue to find ways to keep school closed and permanently damage our children of this great state. We need to focus on and find ways to open the schools back up full time. In a normal week, my children see their teachers in a limited capacity. 
They are in the classroom on Mondays and Tuesdays, and that is it. For the remainder of the week, they are given minimal work and no teacher interaction. The assignments given take little time to complete, and in our opinion, it is not enough time for a well-rounded education and will be a disservice to them in the long run. As a nation, we have seen in the last six weeks Daily cases of COVID-19 dropped by 78%, according to the CDC and prevention. Delaware has also seen similar decline in COVID-19 cases. Since January 11th, Delaware has seen a 61% drop in cases. Currently in Delaware, hospitalizations, excuse me, hospitalizations are down below 200 and dropping. Over 155,000 doses of the vaccine have been distributed. After this week, with the help of FEMA, it will be substantially more. According to doctors from John Hopkins, herd immunity will be here by April. The cases of COVID-19, both nationally and locally, will continue to plummet. It is imperative to our schools to open now. As other school districts and private schools in the area have been open full time, there is no reason to keep our kids in our school district out of a classroom setting. This is both a disservice to our kids and the general public. Like I said in the beginning, it is vital to have a well-educated public for our republic and our state. If we continue down this path of closures, we will see dire consequences. We will continue to see a rise in anxiety and depression in our youth, which we know is already happening. We'll see more dropouts and failing grades. We will see another senior class without a prom, a graduation, and other special events that we all hold dear, hold dear for our youth. Excuse me, 10 seconds. In closing, thank you, I want to say open the schools. There's no reason to keep them closed with all of the information we have about COVID-19. Thank you for your time. Thank you, ma'am. Number six, new business. School choice applications for 2021. Lewis. Good evening, everyone. If you will be kind enough to look at your board docs this evening for the 2021 school choice applications, our total is seven school choice applications, and we are asking to accept all seven of those. As you see on board docs, they are all priority number one um, returning students. Any questions for Mr. Lewis? <clears throat> Motion to accept? Mm -hmm. Motion made. Is there a second? Second. Motion made and seconded. Any further discussion? All those in favor say aye. Aye. Those opposed? Passes by unanimous vote. 6.02 school choice applications 2021, February 2021. Next on your agenda, you will see a total of 37 school choice applications. We are asking to accept 36. There's one rejection due to the attendance. All of these applications have been vetted by the school principals. And also we have reviewed it at district office with Mrs. Blannard and Dr. Owens. And we are asking the board to approve these recommendations to accept 36 and reject one due to the attendance. Is there a motion to accept? Motion made. Is there a second? Second. Any further discussion or questions? I do. I, have a, I just have a question um, because I know we're going into the next year, but we set the 85% capacity not knowing what 
that's going to come forward for the following year. Are we comfortable with accepting um, over 85% now for that year, that school year? And they're not, because I looked down here and we've got eight, we've got a, a priority that's an eight. Correct, yes. And, and it's already 86.8%. And that particular grade level, Mrs. Wright, uh, if you want to start with Long Neck Elementary. In that particular grade level, you see for grade one, uh, in that particular grade level right now, they will, are at 84% in that grade level. And so we are accepting one student to get them to that 85 percentile. In grade three, uh, they are at 78% in that grade level. And uh, unfortunately, we just had that one application for that particular grade level, and that is a priority six. So for example, we just, <clears throat> if, we, if we need to take particular students to get to the 85%, we have to do that. We have to do that. And that's why you're seeing the priorities number six. And at LB, you'll see a priority number eight. And that particular grade level, that is second grade at LB, they are at 84% for that particular grade level. And that student, excuse me, for second grade, for second grade, they are at 83%. So that was the only application we had for that particular grade level. Okay. I had one question. Um, from looking at it right, one report shows that North Georgetown Elementary is at 80% capacity, and then the next report says they're at 105%. Is there that big of a fluctuation? Are you looking, are you looking at the 2021? I may have, I'm not sure. Georgetown Elementary? North. North Georgetown, yes. They have lost a lot of students there. Yeah, this was last year, 2021 school year. The projected enrollment for that school year was at 105.5. And if you look at them for this year, their projected enrollment is at 730 students. And that brings them down to 80.7. That is probably one of the buildings that we've lost a lot of students due to COVID-19 uh, at the elementary levels. Uh, they're just not enrolling. And that's where, um, you know, when we brought this to policy committee uh, a couple months ago, we wanted to be able to, again, to protect those seats at the elementary level. But what we're thinking, once we get back to norm, if we are to that point someday, that these students are going to be coming back to school for us. As you can see, the middle school and the high school arenas are at maybe 100 percent at most of those buildings at the Indy River High School and also at Sussex Central High School. And our middle schools are at the same with the exception with the exception of Georgetown Middle School. Mr. Peden, thank you for bringing that up. Mr. Lewis, that's not really a question to you, but I know math's not a prerequisite here for a board member. That's 25% less. Correct. North Georgetown has a 25% less enrollment this year as they did last year at the same time. Yes. Wow. Okay, is there any further discussion? There's a, is there a motion to accept? Motion made? Second. Seconded. Any further discussion? All those in favor, say aye. Uh -huh. aye. Those opposed? Hearing none, passes by unanimous vote. Thank you. Yes, sir. Programming updates?
Yes, uh, thank you, Mr. Layfield. I just want to give an uh, update. We did hear um, public comment tonight on our ability to get students back in. Um, so I'll give a little bit of an update through our, our programming here. Currently, we have 7,479 students that are enrolled in our in-person learning option. That's 71%. And we have 3,000 enrolled in our remote option. That's 29%. Um, we still are under mandates for six to th three to six feet social distancing. Six feet is suggested, three foot is mandated for our classrooms um, for social distancing and on our buses, three feet distance, which um, does put us in a, a major bind when trying to get students to school. Right now we have not reached capacity in our classrooms. Uh, we have in, on some buses, but our current buses that would hold 72 students currently will only accommodate 23. So that does um, hinder our ability to get uh, more students in uh, to our schools. We do not have any waiting list at this time. However, our schools are looking at, uh, and some have come in from that six foot in towards that three foot distance. Uh, but again, uh, no, no waiting list. Uh, I do want to say that uh, our classrooms, although our classrooms can accommodate, uh, our buses uh, are more full at this point. So we are monitoring that closely. Uh, I would like to um, acknowledge 700 hotspots have been distributed. I want to thank Mr. Ruggiero, his department, and our schools for distributing hotspots to our families in need. We've also distributed 7,500 Chromebooks so our students can learn remotely when needed. And we continue to distribute meals to families in need weekly. And I want to thank uh, Mr. Toomey, his team, and our cafeteria staff at each of those sites. So um, very, uh, very positive things happening on that front. I can tell you, uh, or we may have an update tonight with curriculum, if not next, uh, next month, but we are continuing to look at our summer programming where we will try to um, facilitate some of that unfinished learning within our schools and provide um, some acceleration and previewing for the following school year. So very excited about some programming this summer to offer to all of our students. One last, um, one last announcement here. We've worked very hard and I wanna commend uh, those individuals who have worked on uh, middle school athletics, uh, primarily our middle school principals, our middle school nurses, our game managers, our coaches, um, our transportation department, and anybody that I've missed. Uh, but I am pleased to announce that middle schools will proceed with athletics for the spring. Uh, those students did not receive spring athletics at the close of last year, so we wanted to work really hard to try to provide that opportunity. Um, we're working on schedules now, and it looks like they'll be able to begin uh, mid-April, and we are in contact with some of our uh, local schools, so we will be able to have competition. So again, very exciting news for those students and families to be able to do middle school athletics this spring. Question? Yes, sir. Um, thank you for what you've done. Um, what are we doing with the band and the chorus kids? I have talked to a couple of the principals. We are working with those programs to, um, some of them have elected to do um, videoed or video um, performances to be displayed. Some are looking to see if they can do performances outside. So uh, I've encouraged any principal to allow their team to look at how they can provide performances, theatric, what have you, chorus, 
banned, and we'll, we'll try to find a, a way to make that happen. Thank you. I have one question as well. Yes. As far as getting students back in greater capacity at some point, um, have we thought about uh, if, if parents or families are able to transport their students to school? Is that going to be an option as far as letting them go more than two days a week? Right now, the, the two days a week option is offered to um, our, our students, even with transportation. Typic, our typical students are two days. Some students do qualify for, for more days, but the transportation has not been a hindrance at this point for the two days. It's been, um, we've been able to accommodate for two days. We have not opened it up four days at this point. We don't feel we'd be able to open it up to four for both our A and B cohort. If we do, to, to further, if we do run into issues with transportation, we would ask um, our parents if they can accommodate that, but we're trying to eliminate those barriers and provide transportation wherever needed. Yeah, my question actually is, if parents are willing to provide transportation to allow them to go more than two days a week, is that something we are going to consider? We've not explored beyond those two days at this time. Okay, so basically, Kind of what I'm hearing is that we don't have the classroom space to take them back. Is that correct? That's, that's, we do have, we can come in from that three to six. However, if we opened it up to one, we'd have to open it up to all. And based on our numbers we have for A cohorts and B cohorts, we would not be able to accommodate both cohorts on all four days. I think there's some good questions. This is open for discussion as per our agenda. Um, good questions, and I appreciate the work that's being done, Dr. Owens. It's, it's a lot of dedication from all your staff, including, including our teachers, everyone out there, and I'm appreciative of it. Um, as a board member, I thank you for what you're doing, but as a parent, I'm disgusted. We're not doing enough for our kids. Yeah. I've got an elementary school student that's falling behind. He's trying to do the best he can. Um, my daughter, personally, is missing her entire senior year, prom, homecoming. I don't know about graduation, what's happened. This is disgusting, we can do more. I feel like we're being micromanaged by the government here in the state of Delaware. We're constantly asking questions and I've read the emails that we're getting back mandating what we must do. I think we can do more. And from the people I've talked to in other school districts, board members, administrators, teachers and parents, they're just waiting for somebody to crack the egg. Let's do it, let's move forward, see what we can do about getting our students back in the classroom. Push the envelope a little bit. We have done it. Cape and Lopen School District has their elementary school students five days a week, but they have a waiting list. They're not accommodating every family. They accommodated a first set of families and they've continued with that and they have a waiting list. We have accommodated all families that want to come to school and that is outstanding. But we've done it for six months now. We need to be looking and moving forward. I would like to see us after Easter, see what we can do about giving it a try. Let's see what we can do. Send a poll out to our parents. How many want their kids to go back to school full time? There may be some of this 71% that are not comfortable with it. I understand that. And there may be some teachers that are opposed to it. I respect their view because they're putting themselves out there. That's why they were moved up on the priority list in order for them to get vaccinated. We've, I feel like we're in neutral. Somebody's got to put it in drive, maybe even low four wheel drive and start moving forward. We're a district that wants to do more. I'm thankful of what we've done but I constantly get phone calls daily from parents wanting to get back into the classrooms, people that are articulate, speaking common sense, and wanting to do more. 
I think we need to poll our parents to find out where we are, if they want the opportunity to come back, and if we don't have it, if the numbers aren't there, then hey, Rodney Layfield's wrong. But if the parents are out there saying they want their students to come back, then we need to look at more. I've read the emails and I've read the recommendations from the CDC. I'm not quite sure how the airlines are doing it. They're piling them right full with masks on, sending them across the country for profit. Mm -hmm. They've got to follow the same guidelines. We were told we mandatory. These recommendations by the governor and the CDC are mandatory. What I read, they were kind of optional there at one time and, and different things. Everyone's a little afraid to step forward. I feel as a district we need to be looking. And again, I'm thankful for where we are today. So thankful my children have an opportunity to go to school, whether it's two days a week or four days a week. But we need to be looking about going back full time. Maybe, maybe I'm, I'm the minority in this opinion, but I think we need to be looking forward. I'd like I to second and support to, um, Mr. Layfield on this because I totally agree. And what's interesting is I have correspondence from Dr. Bunning to one of our local parents that said that it's really all up to local control and we can do it. And at the same time, you have the state telling us that we cannot. Mm -hmm. So DOE doesn't even seem to know what's right. The state is forcing things on us one way or the other. And I kind of agree. At some point, you have to force the issue because these folks on their own do not seem to want to do it. At least for the elementary school kids, which seems to be the safest group to deal with, this is something that should be happening. And Indian River School District has been a leader in a number of areas. I can still remember the constabulary question many years ago. Can't do it. Attorney General says no. Look at the state now. They all have const constables. Okay? And I, I could not agree with Mr. Layfield more. It's time. We need to do this. I hear from my parents in, in my practice on a regular basis. When are you guys going to do this? This is hurting my family. This is hurting my business. This is hurting our lives. Okay? And then when you actually look at the, the quote-unquote death rate, the death rate according to the CDC in the last 10 years has not changed. It's the same. All we have done is substitute COVID for heart disease and other things, okay? There, there is some statistical, in my opinion, malfeasance taking place here that is not good for our country, our nation, or our kids. So thank you, Mr. Layfield. I think it's also important we include the teachers in any of these discussions to get their input as well. I agree 100%. This topic was for discussion. Does anybody have anything else? I'm trying to speak as a president, but also a parent. One thing of clarity, I know you mentioned it, Dr. Owens, but I did get uh, some questions about this over the last couple months. We do have some students, because they qualify for additional time and resources from the district, that are going four days a week. Is that correct? That's correct, yes. Is there an approximate number to that? I know we don't talk about those students individually, but I know I get asked about it, and we're, no, no students are, um, because their parents inquired, are just getting the opportunity to go four days. They are students that qualify based upon criteria that the school sets up, correct? That, that's correct. I don't have the, a number in front of me. I can get it and bring it back to the board. But it's a fairly small number. We're talking out of, you know, maybe less than maybe 100 students district-wide or less. It's, yeah, it's a small percentage of students. I don't know the exact number, but yeah, okay. small number. Any further discussion? And again, I, I, Dr. Owens and your staff, I appreciate what's going on, but we can't just sit idly by and think it's enough because although we're doing great things, it's not enough for these students. It's not. <clears throat> 6.04, Howard Tiennish, change order. Thank you. Um, we're looking for a motion to approve the change order 00-001 uh, 
uh, for the new Howard Tiena School. Change order reflects adjustments pursuant Delaware Code uh, 29, Section 692, and that is uh, the general contractor will reimburse IRSD for the statutory change fee, uh, 10,000 uh, expenses is the GC, uh, not the owners at this point. So I do need a motion to approve that change order for Howard Tennis. Is there a motion to move forward with so that change moved. order? Motion made. Is there a second? Okay. Motion made and seconded. Any further discussion? All those in favor say aye. 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 Those opposed? Passes by unanimous vote. 6.05, construction management selection for New Sussex Central High School. Yes, thank you. The Indian River School District issued a request for qualifications for professional services to provide the New Sussex Central High School with construction management services. Uh, the recommendation of the IRSD evaluation, well, the committee reviewed last week uh, and interviewed the uh, proposals, uh, the, the applicants, and the recommendation of the IRSD evaluation committee to the school board is R.Y. Johnson and Sons to perform the CM services for the new Sussex Central High School, and we would need a motion and a vote for that. So moved. Motion made. Is there a second? Second. Any further discussion? All those in favor say aye. 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 Those opposed? Passes by unanimous vote. 6.07, Indian River High School natural gas conversion. Mr. Booth. Yes, um, Gaif Associates uh, helped us with uh, the chiller bid for Indian River High School. And in your board docs, you should have um, a listing of the people that bid. And you should have a recommendation from uh, Gaif uh, that is for uh, Joseph T. Richardson to perform the work at $301,800. This is something that we've talked about many times um, in the Buildings and Grounds Committee. I think it makes sense, and I definitely think it's something that we should basically be going with. In the long run, it's going to save, and financially, I think it'll work out to our benefit. Any further discussion? Is there a motion to accept? So moved. Motion made. Is there a second? Second. Motion made and seconded. All those in favor say aye. 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 Those opposed? Passes by unanimous vote. 6.08, playground funding. Six point oh seven. Yep, six point oh. I think the chiller. Chiller, we've got to go back to the chiller. Apologize. Yep. Any River High School chiller replacement bids? Nope. We just did the chiller replacement bids. I think you're on the. Then we go to the Any River natural mm -hmm. gas conversion. Mm -hmm. That's what no, I thought. Were we we just did the natural gas. We skipped the chiller, yeah. at least from what I heard. But my ears get plugged up. Yeah, we approved the gas. Yep. I, I mentioned the gas is what we were going into. I'd skip the chiller. Yep. Coach, which one you want to explain? You want to do the chiller or you want to do the gas? Okay, the one that you just did I thought was the chiller. That's what I suggested that Guype did for $301,800. Just to make sure everybody's clear. And then we should be on the natural gas. Is there any questions with Cyber Electric? I call, I uh, took a motion on the gas. Yeah, I can withdraw my motion if that's a help. Let's start over. Motion withdrawal, we'll go back to the chiller. 
Yeah, I'd, I'd probably be cleaner if we backed up. Okay, Dave, again, I error. just want to mention that Gape Associates helped us in your board packet. You should have a, uh, a bid sheet and it, you should have the recommendation of Gape Associates to go with Joseph T. Richardson to perform the new chiller at Indy River High School for 300. Is there any discussion on the chiller? Hearing none, is there a motion to accept? Motion to accept and uh, thank the district for allowing us to do this in a nice way to actually, you know, get outside help to figure out what we needed. Yes. And thank you. Thank you, Joe. But motion to accept. Is there a second? Second. Motion made and seconded. All those in favor of the chiller at Indy River High School say aye. 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 Those opposed? Passed by unanimous vote. Now we can move on to the Indian River High School natural gas conversion. Yep. Apologize for my ignorance on that one. Go ahead. You're good. Okay. Um, Indian River High School natural gas. The Buildings and Grounds Committee has discussed the conversion to natural gas at Indian River High School. We're recommending doing this project similar to the Sussex Central conversion that was completed five years ago. This would include a change order through the ESCO project and using the remaining funding in that project to complete the boiler conversion. The estimated project cost to convert the boilers is $80,000, which would leave uh, $28,475 credit. And the motion that I would like for the board to pass is to um, have the district approve the change order to the ESCO project in the amount of $80,000 to convert the boilers to natural gas and to enter into a negotiated rate with Chesapeake Utilities to provide natural gas for that conversion. I think this is a good thing for us. We've looked at it in many ways. We've looked at moving the money around and financially this works out very well for the district. Um, it leaves us a little bit extra to do a few other things that we might want to do. And we're still saving money on fuel in the meantime. Any further discussion with this? Questions for Mr. Booth? Hearing none, is there a motion to accept? So moved. Motion made, is there a second? Second. Motion made and seconded. All those in favor, say aye. 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 Those opposed? Hearing none, passes by unanimous vote. 6.08, playground funding. I, I can do it. Okay, playground funding. First, thank you to Mrs. Wright for bringing this up a couple months ago. Um, for a long time in the Indian School District, we have relied on the PTOs, et cetera, to provide our, our playground equipment as long as I've been on the board anyway. And at this particular point, I think the district is taking charge of the playgrounds and we're gonna make a lot of changes um, ourselves. A lot of effort has gone into figuring out what needs to be done, what needs to be replaced immediately, and what we can do at a later date. Um, we looked into where the money can come from, and with the 1% for student activities that we picked up years ago, it's a great place. We can take some money from there that is allowed. It's been heavily looked into. And to get our playgrounds at this point, the ones that really need to work up to snuff to a certain area is 395 and change. Um, I think this is a good thing for us to do. And at this particular point, uh, the Indian River School District will be monitoring the playgrounds on a regular basis for quality, safety, et cetera, 
um, in a much better manner than has happened before. Okay, so I'd like to make a, a motion that we, uh, we go with this. Any questions? There's a motion made for playground funding. Is there a second? Second. Motion made and seconded. Any further discussion? All those in favor say aye. 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 Those opposed? Passes by unanimous vote. Real quick, sorry, I didn't mean to cut you That's off. Okay. Yes, it's passed. Thank you, Mrs. Blandard, Steve, Joe, for the work that they did. Um, they did it in a very short, timely manner, um, and I appreciate that. Thank you. Thank you. 6.09, uh, 2021-21-22 district calendar. Yes, I ask Mrs. Bunning to give us an overview of the calendar, and we will need a motion uh, for a acceptance this evening. In your board docs, you have copies of the 21-22 calendar draft. For the 21-22 calendar, we have 188 teacher days by law. That's the amount of days teachers go, 173 student days. We have a total of 1,124 hours. We're required 1,060, so we're well above that amount. Um, if I have any questions month to month um, throughout the calendar, I'd be happy to answer those. One thing I'd like to point out to the rest of the board while we're looking at it, we looked at uh, the five teacher work days, and uh, just from a parent's perspective, it's a lot easier to plan your week if you know your children are off on Monday or off on Friday rather than a Tuesday, Wednesday, or Thursday. So what little input I could provide from the uh, calendar was uh, a direction I think is very positive to the parents and some students, as well as working with, with a lot of other things in here with the holidays. And I think it's to note that this coming Christmas will be quite a, a, quite a break on the calendar here with the way the days fall. Um, Christmas break runs from the 20th of December through January 2nd. Mm -hmm. So it's basically two weeks off. But by then, Doc, we might be going back full time. Please, God. So the two-week break will be a good break for everybody. Yeah. Any questions with the calendar? Any more input on the calendar? No, sir. Is there a motion to accept the calendar? So moved. Motion made and seconded. Any further discussion? All those in favor say aye. 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 Those opposed? Thank you very much. 610, Sussex Central High School softball uniforms. Yes, thank you. In your board docs, you'll see uh, the proposal for two jerseys, one blue and one white, and uh, white pants for each. Both meet the criteria for our um, uniforms, and I would ask for a motion to approve uh, based on uh, meeting that criteria. So motion made. Is there a second? Second. Motion made and seconded. Any further discussion on the softball uniforms? Hearing none. All those in favor say aye. 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 Those opposed? Passes by unanimous vote. Old business. Major capital planning? Yes, uh, 7.01 major capital planning. We are uh, completing the programming phase for Sussex Central High School. That'll be wrapping up, and we do have a meeting scheduled for tomorrow, and we'll be looking for the board uh, in the next uh, month or two to uh, approve educational specifications. 
Um, we'll also be discussing some schematic concepts. We will be scheduling a meeting with our board representatives who will uh, be part of the design team. That's Dr. Darmstadter, Dr. Statler, and Mr. Layfield. So that meeting will be in the next couple weeks with the architects. With the, the approval for the CM tonight, we will expect to have our first set of preliminary drawings, uh, hopefully back to you in April. And we will be meeting with DelDOT on entrances and traffic coordination, uh, which is now underway. Currently, we're looking at one entrance on Avenue of Honor and another entrance on Patriots Way. Any questions? Thank you, Doc. 7.02. Yes, Howard Tienis. Uh, we are continuing to uh, break ground at the Howard Tienis site across the street from here at Sussex Central. It has been difficult with the wet weather. However, we're hoping to stay on, plate, on pace for that substantial construction completion of May 2020. There is a meeting scheduled this week with DENRAC officials to develop a new sequence of construction for critical needs to keep the project on the proposed timeline. This will include well point for dewatering, excavating a pond, topsoil stockpile, and new building access road for crane and pad construction. Submission to DelDOT for a permit, permit, and permanent entrance permit will be made as well. Any questions with Howard Tiannis? 7.03, GW Carver, consent update. Thank you, Dr. Brittingham. Good evening, everybody. Um, just a few updates tonight. Our Indian River School District Equity Steering Committee held our fourth meeting on February 16th. We are picking up momentum around our work. It's very exciting. We're meeting the third Tuesday of every month for the duration of this school year, and then gonna plan our summer workshop dates um, with a special master. Dr. David Carter, Assistant Principal at Indian River, has joined us on the planning committee. So we welcome him. Mid-year progress report meetings have started for all former Carver Academy students to ensure appropriate supports and adjust support as needed. Earlier we were talking about four days. Some of those students are in four days. They're doing very well, making academic progress. And behavioral discipline incidents are almost at zero for those students this school year. So we're really proud of that. Um, Dr. Linda Wren, the special master for the Carver Consent Order, actually visited the district today. Um, we visited students at North Georgetown, Georgetown Middle, Millsboro Middle, Sussex Central High School, John M. Clayton, Indian River High School, and the High Road School of Sussex County. So we got to see a lot of our students in the classroom in action today. It was very exciting. Our next community advisory board meeting is March 18th, 2021, if anybody wants to join. It's from 7 to 9 via Zoom at this point in time. A few special thank yous. We'd like to thank Dr. Statler for staying up on our community advisory board agenda items. We are picking up momentum. The district's doing a lot of work, but I'd be remiss if I didn't thank all the administrators behind me and their school teams who are putting in amazing supports with our student success suites and the targeted intervention programming. So we're really picking up momentum and the schools are doing amazing, even in the midst of this pandemic. Thank you. Any questions? Thanks. Thank you, Dr. Brittingham. Committee reports, 8.01, building and grounds. Doc? Okay, a lot of the things that we've talked about have already been handled, which is great. Okay, uh, old business, we discussed the buildings and grounds support center. They had a 30, 139 open tickets with 124 being closed, so they're making good progress on that. Um, Armory Road property, the structure's been demolished, most of the debris hauled away. They're still working on a little bit of that. Site cleanup will continue. 
and uh, trees and shrubs are on their way out. Playground's been handled. Grandstand press box, uh, that's another one. Uh, Mr. DiGirolamo assessed the current condition of the box structure, determined it to be unsound, and as far as I know, we had discussed uh, taking it out immediately as a safety issue, and did that occur? It's on the ground. Great. We don't have to worry about it because apparently it was just an accident waiting to happen. So good deal on that one. Whether we replace it or not, honestly, is still up for grabs. But the first thing we had to do was make sure that it's safe. Okay, so whether we replace it or not, that's another item. We're still looking at that. Um, future use of the HTNS building. Um, Dr. Owens had talked about that. And we're probably going to continue to use the facility in what capacity. That research still needs to be done because there's a lot of upgrades there, and that's going to be at a later time period, okay? District building inspections um, are going along quite well. I think it's worked out well having another person to assist Mr. Booth because it frees him up to do um, certain things, and then uh, Steve obviously is quite qualified, and I think we'll get even more done quicker and faster. I know Mr. Booth was quite stretched at one point, so this is a good thing all the way around. Okay, so thank you for what everybody's doing. Um, a lot of stuff was discussed, and again, we acted on a lot of it already, so thank you. That's it. Any questions for Dr. Adair? Thanks, Doc. 8.02, Comprehensive School Safety. Mr. Caffel? Uh, nothing to report this month. However, we are in the phase of starting to plan meetings in the next week or two, so we should have an update next month. Thank you. 8.03, Finance. Doc? Okay, Finance. Where's Mrs. Smith? Okay, for this one, I need a little bit. Um, uniforms were discussed. Uh, Long Neck Elementary is in the process of receiving donations for new playground equipment. We did talk about honoring those community groups that have donated money, and I think that's appropriate at some time, because some of them have come up with an awful lot of money over the years, um, and really we should do something to recognize them, which is great. And if you would please talk about the DelDOT Community Transportation Funds. Sure, the community transportation funds are the funds we get from the legislators for certain projects like paving or the signs that we've done in recent years. Um, so they did an audit, I believe it was of 16 and 17 funds. It was a, um, a, a paving project and the sign here at Sussex Central High School. It's just an annual routine thing that they do and everything was good and they had no questions and no issues. So Good. We're all good. And we did, through that process, we found that there's still just over 10,000 left in the paving projects that we can still use. So we're going to talk to legislators about moving that to another project. Okay, so we actually found 10 grand to do something with, if possible. Yes. Very nice. That was worth it. Okay, um, we talked about the fiscal year budgets. Any highlights on that you want to share with us? I will do that later. In the okay, we'll do that later. And then the financial reports we'll do later also. Yep. Good meeting. A lot of stuff went quickly. Thank you, Mrs. Smith, for being well prepared. Thanks, Doc. Okay. 8.04, curriculum. Dr. Statler. Thank you. So um, a few things have already been talked about tonight, but we have a couple of extra um, highlights. Um, counselors Nika Reed and Frank Shockley, who are district lead counselors for us, they presented information to the curriculum committee. Um, they were very grateful for the opportunity to present, gave us a lot of really good information about how they've bridged services. Um, during the pandemic and supported our students. So thank you to both of them for um, their presentation and really all counselors in our district because uh, we know that they've been working diligently uh, during the pandemic to support students and families. Uh, we discussed extended learning opportunities. This discussion actually has started a couple of months ago 
formally uh, since January, and we expanded it in our last meeting uh, that focuses on building bridges and accelerated learning for all students in the district um, through our summer programming opportunities. Uh, the goal is really to get as many students in as is feasible um, if that works for families and if we find that the need is there, which I think uh, we're learning through our data analysis that it, it, the need is certainly there. Um, the money is available through the CARES Act. It covers transportation, uh, a food aspect, um, and really is going to give us a, a very comprehensive program for the summer. Student data will be collected and our focus is on accelerated learning um, to bridge that gap for many students. There was discussion about having in-person instruction as a priority. We hope that we will be able to do that. Um, the committee also discussed very innovative ideas for uh, getting the amount of staffing that we need to support this program. And we also discussed the feasibility of twilight programming, which would be very new to the district. Um, I think Dr. Owens mentioned in his update about the Delaware Educator Growth and Development System Overview. This was discussed in length uh, during the curriculum committee, and this is really the redesigned state teacher evaluation system. We do have an opportunity to pilot this program this year, uh, which we'll certainly will be participating in, and this is a good opportunity for us to be able to provide feedback uh, to the state during this pilot year. Um, and this new system, I feel, is very focused on growth opportunities. So we think that'll be a positive um, for our teachers. And then our special education update, Dr. Brittingham shared um, an update to us about our current district compliance monitoring tool that captures a change in the level of services for OTPT, um, counseling, speech services, et cetera. This really strengthens our internal protocols so thank you to the work that uh, she and her team have done on, on adding this. Um, and then she also shared an update on the Carver consent order, which was already discussed tonight. Our next meeting is March the 8th. Thank you. Thank you, Dr. Statler. 8.05, DSBA Board of Directors. Said no meeting. No meeting. DSBA Legislative. Doc? Okay, this is my first meeting with them. Um, I could not attend the last one, but there's some busy little rascals in Dover right now coming up with a lot of new bills for us, okay? So this is gonna take a few minutes if that's all right, because some of them are kind of important in my opinion. Um, House Bill 54 would be uh, basically if we pick up, it's the optional mid-year unit count. Um, it's a way of clarifying how we can count whether we picked up more units or not and it allows for us to get extra money at the rate of a Class A sub plus extra expenses. Um, that's the long and the short of it. The, we do recommend supporting that one. I think it gets us some extra money finally for those people that come in once we get past the COVID thing. Okay, House Bill 47 relates to family leave. Apparently, current state employees get six weeks unpaid, and this cleans up that school district employees are to get the same benefits. Apparently, they were left off. That's a question mark. Um, they recommended supporting that. House Bill 20 will require us to provide free feminine hygiene products in 50% of our bathrooms used by students. We're supposed to consult with the nurses in order to see what to do or not do. Um, interestingly enough, we decided that if the state wanted to pay for that, that they should, and then we would support it. 
it's it's about us spending money you know just okay guys spend more money but if the state will give us the money for it we certainly support it okay um, house bill 12 has to do with disabled veterans being totally exempted uh, from any property taxes and that's another one where the the DSBA would recommend support if it's funded by the state okay we don't know especially down in our area we have a lot of retirees it may affect us a lot it's something we can talk about I I know what the DSBA recommends but you know it certainly open up for us as a board as a district whether we're going to support these things or not okay and anybody on that one wants to comment please let me know because um, what I told them is that I can't necessarily vote to support any of this without talking to you guys first and that's as it should be okay um, another one that was very controversial really was House Bill 86 and that was a an act to allow people who homeschool to have access to services specifically the speech and language pathologists and the DSBA was originally uh, supportive of it it was back up 86 I'm on the wrong bill um, 86 actually goes to increased funding for kindergarten through third grade identified as eligible for special education services um, we would get more money out of this so I certainly suggest that we support that one as well okay it was 92 there was the HB 92 was another one um, some guy up in Dover decided that five-year terms are too long and so we're gonna cut them back to three years and as a serving school board member thank you mrs. Wright I agree with you um, serving on a school board is one thing running for it is another it would increase all of our expenses to go back to three years and interestingly enough Indian River had many years ago requested to do three years under the same assumption and found that it did not increase public participation it really didn't do anything so we actually asked them to go back to five years which we did a couple terms ago and now some guy wants to change it back again DSBA is wholeheartedly opposing this one letters have been sent and let's see if it 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 flops it should apparently this guy had an objection to some board members in his district and wanted to figure out a way to get rid of them quicker you know some of these folks do things for personal reasons pardon my editorializing but you guys know me okay now it's okay house bill 100 is a little bit more difficult to explain um, this one establishes a mental health services unit for Delaware elementary schools the unit is at a ratio of 250 full-time equivalent students K through 5 for a full-time counselor social worker or licensed clinical social worker additionally a unit ratio of 700 full-time equivalent students would be considered full-time for a school psychologist we all agree that young kids have issues we all agree that young kids should get the extra support um, as we know it is not easy to find school psychologists and it would certainly be an expensive item um, we recommended support for this idea as long again as the state funds it and I think that's important because they like to work within whatever we have and say just take money from somewhere else you guys find it but you have to do this and as a DSBA uh, they said no you want something like that give us the money for it to do it we all agree that it's important it's where the money's going to come from that counts okay all right general Sch uh, general Schwarzkopf 105 which is basically just the Appropriations Act okay this is the one Senate Bill 19 
an act to amend Title 14 of the Delaware Code relating to exceptional children in schools. The act makes children with disabilities who attend home schools eligible to receive speech and language pathology and audiology services in the same manner as students who attend private schools. This act also makes technical corrections to conform existing law to the standards of the Delaware Legislative uh, Manual. Okay, the DSBA wanted to oppose this one personally. If you're a taxpayer, you're paying your taxes whether your kid's in our school or not. And honestly, I think they should have access to those services. This is me speaking as a taxpayer and as a parent. Okay, the board may feel differently. I get that. All right, but I think years ago, if you remember, we had um, the driver's education. They told all the people in private school, you pay for your own driver's ed. They came around on that one, and I think now those kids are eligible under public uh, monies. The parents are still paying their taxes every year. They're just choosing to send their kids somewhere else. One of the, the objections, though, was that we don't know how many kids would be affected because apparently the state doesn't know, this is what I was told, I don't know this for a fact, that the state doesn't even know how many private school kids would be eligible for this. So while I am in supportive of it, I would also like to see some more numbers. And again, got to open it up to the board, see how you guys feel about it. A lot of people think if you're in a private school, you're on your own, you decided to quit the system. If that's the case, those parents ought to get their property tax money back my feeling as a taxpayer, okay? All right, um, moving along, Senate Bill 42, uh, which was an act to amend Title 14 on the educator evaluation system. It suspends the educator evaluation system during 2021 school year and places it with an observation and feedback cycle that provides educators with coaching and support related to hybrid and remote practices. There's a lot of other little stuff down here. They recommended support or neutral personally with us teaching as far out as we are with all this remote stuff. It would make sense to do something different than that with what they call for because honestly, we don't have the ability to really judge them by what they're doing in their classroom. They're not there enough, okay? I told you this to get lengthy. There was a lot of stuff covered. Okay, right, that's bonds. Okay, apparently um, there's gonna be some work on expanding Sussex uh, Tech, which would allow them to raise the taxes and clarify acceptable uses. It revises the number of students who may be enrolled in the district. Um, DSBA recommended staying neutral on that one. Um, I think considering the fact that we need kids to go into tech programs, it's not a bad idea, but certainly those of us who were against what Sussex Tech was doing years ago would have to see the fine print in order to support it. And right now, this is still somewhat nebulous. I think their lottery has become a lot more like a lottery. Yeah, so I, well, that's, be, that was the other point. Thank you, Rodney. I'd be in the direction to support Sussex Tech and what they're providing to the students in right. Sussex County they, now that they've gone to a true lottery system they did. instead of a academic or athletic-based selection Right, and process. thank you for that because they stressed how the lottery had been, I'm, I'm glad you reminded me, but they did stress that the lottery was now being used as opposed to what they were doing, call it five to 10 years ago. Yeah, so, so I would support it. I just, I know I'm, that Sussex Tech I'm inclined to support it because years. I know we need technical people. The facility is already there. They do a generally good job with this. Let them do it, okay? All right, um, there's another one, Senate Bill 56 which was an act to amend the code relating to educational opportunity funding. 
They want more funding uh, to support the increased needs of low-income English learner students and establishes parameters for the, how the funding is to be distributed. Uh, the SBA recommended supporting that one. I think that's probably a good idea as well. And that's it. And apparently, if I'm going to be doing this every three months or four months, which is what they say, it's going to take time because they're busy little rascals up in Dover and they like to write bills. Okay? Thanks, Doc. So thank you. Thank you for the time. 8.07, Mary Bailey Scholarship. Mr. Peden? Nothing to report. 8.08, Special Education Task Force. Dr. No Sander. report. Thank you. 8.09, Policy. Chief? Good evening. Um, I'm going to take the first five as a group. Uh, the first two policies coming up tonight are first and second readings. Um, the first one is emergency responses. If you're looking at it, it looks worse than it is. Um, the state comprehensive school safety plan has migrated to a new operating system. Uh, we moved away from what was known as ERIP into Navigate 360. Uh, the changes in the policy are just updating to the new language of the, the new operating system. Our constables and SROs are already working with the new program. Um, integrated pest management is a policy we've added. Um, the integrated pest management coordinator position. This isn't a new job. Someone from the, uh, whether it's Mr. Booth or someone in the employees will be taking that position. The policy just adds that position to the policy. Um, care of school property by students. Uh, we made a change from shall and will to may, uh, basically stating if a student uh, damages or loses school property that they may be required to uh, reimburse the district. Uh, the thinking behind it was um, it really depends on the circumstances or the intentions of the, that caused the damage or loss. It gives the administration a little more flexibility. Uh, disabilities in the workplace and the next students in foster care are both new policies um, and they both were presented last month. And I would make a motion to approve those policies as presented. Any questions with those policies? Hearing none. Is there a motion to accept? So moved. Motion made. Is there a second? Second. Motion made and second. Any further discussion? All those in favor say, favor say aye. 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 Those opposed? Passed by unanimous vote. Chief? All right. The last policy, um, this is a motion to remove, uh, delete this policy, and it's the board prayer at regular school board meetings. Um, there was some discussion about this. Um, it goes back many, many years, and Dr. Hattier would be the, the yeah, one as, would know more. As written, that's the same policy that we were essentially sued on years ago. Um, why it's still in there, I don't even know because I know that according to the settlement that we had whenever it was over with, we can't even do that anymore. There's, there's no point in having it there. So I'm making a motion to delete that policy. There's a motion to delete the policy. Is there a motion to accept? Regrettably, I'll accept. Second. Second. Motion made and seconded. All those in favor say aye. 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 Those opposed? Pass it by unanimous vote. Anything further, Chief? That is all, sir. Okay. 
10, IREA Rep. Mr. Emanuel. Good evening, sir. Good evening. Uh, first, I want to uh, thank the uh, calendar committee. Um, it was a true committee this year, and extremely appreciative of all the input and open-minded discussion that we had um, on that committee. Um, and further, though, I encourage the board to uh, discuss building in some extra time in the workday, uh, just like we have for the past several years. Um, this time would be built in for weather cancellations and with, through discussion that I've talked with, um, it also helps with the busing times. So I encourage some discussion on that from the board um, so we can look at that uh, for an MOU moving forward. Um, recently, we had a couple of weather cancellations. Um, so with the kids only being, the elementary school students only being in school a couple days a week, uh, I would like to take a look at the uh, requirement of having four grades for all the students at the elementary level. Um, I think some discussion needs to be met with that because it's tough to get to all four grades uh, when we miss part of the time that's there. Um, if we're not going to extend the marking period or the, the day, the due date that the progress reports go home, I think that's a discussion that should take place because it gets tough at the elementary level. Um, concerning the full return, uh, the discussion about the full return definitely needs to include all the employee groups, mm -hmm. not just the teachers. I think this should include nurses, counselors, uh, paras, secretaries, custodians, cafeteria workers, the bus drivers. I mean, I may have missed, the, missed it in your discussion concerning the CDC guidelines. I know that they're three to six feet. Um, and if we're pushing for a full return, which I know that in-person learning is definitely the way to go, but is it the time to do that? That's a decision that this board's gonna have to make. Um, I think that our busing is going to be the biggest issue for spacing. I'm not sure how we do a three-foot, if we're going to follow the CDC guidelines or are we just going to be going to scrap those CDC guidelines because the, the busing is a, a biggest issue that we have anyway with going to triple bus runs. And now if we're planning to pack them full of students, I mean, we already packed them full of students. You might as well pack the classrooms too if you're going to, if you're going to get rid of all the CDC guidelines like, like was uh, discussed about the airlines and that. And I have, you know, that's a decision you guys need to make on that. Um, as far as um, our district, um, I'm happy that we're out in front of the uh, planning for the summer learning. Our kids are definitely falling behind. I mean, there's no doubt about it. I think everybody knows that. But I encourage some communication to explain um, the funding source for the summer learning. I just think there's people out there that think that we're coming up with money from nowhere. They don't know where it's coming from. And I think that there's funds out there that were um, earned by the district and people just don't know where it's coming from. So I think that that discussion or that, that uh, should be put out to the, to the staff and the public to where that money's coming from. I also don't know if there has been discussion on whether the plan is for in-person learning or are we gonna continue with what we consider uh, a not good style of learning with the remote learning. So I'm not sure where that um, discussion is, you know, where that's uh, has landed. Um, I do want to say that we have uh, passed an MOU to pilot the new, new state evaluation system for next year. There are tons of questions and concerns around the piloting a new evaluation system. There were several meetings put together um, for the employees of the district. The meetings had people from DOE, from DSEA, 
IREA, from the uh, curriculum committees, the school district. I mean, we answered so many questions and addressed a lot of concerns. And although people still have concerns with piloting something new, uh, especially of an evaluation system during this uncertain time with COVID, over 75% of the votes were still in favor of taking on this task. So I got to um, thank the people that put time and effort into that. And there's still questions that we need to answer um, that we have received. Um, some people are still uncertain, but you know, like I said, 75% of the people, more than 75% were you know, in favor of taking on this task. Um, lastly, we're, we're still holding our fifth annual um, educational scholarship fundraiser. Um, usually we have that in person. And I know Dr. Hattier has you know, been generous in the past and, and donated stuff. And I sent an email to each one of you today with the flyer. And we, now we recognize more than ever the need to support our students um, who are planning to have a major in education. So uh, with that flyer, uh, I would hope that the board members would at least circulate the flyer and help support the students and donate what you can donate. Um, donations can be sent to Melissa Abbott at Sussex Central High School. Um, this year we're accepting uh, checks, cash, and there's a Venmo account also set up uh, for this fundraiser. We have a goal of $3,000, but um, I would hope that we would surpass that, you know, to help the students out this year, especially the way things have been going. Thank you. Hey, JR, who should we make the check payable to? Because this year you're not taking donations, right? Correct. You can, uh, the IREA scholarship. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, sir. Superintendent's report, 9.01. Thank you. Uh, you'll find in board docs uh, a detailed overview of my activities over the course of the last month. I will highlight uh, just a couple things. The work we've done with the new Sussex Central High School has been ongoing. I want to thank uh, the Sussex Central team, admin through teachers. Uh, and our work with the architects. Also, we uh, continue to uh, receive updates on the progress at Howard Tiennes, which I discussed tonight. We'll continue that work into next month. And uh, again, I'll echo uh, JR's uh, thoughts there with the work we've done with IREA over the last month and uh, collaboration with getting some workshops together to make sure everyone was aware of the ins and outs of the new evaluation system and the subsequent uh, MOU. So we will be moving forward with that for next year. Thank you. Any questions with the superintendent's report? Financial reports, 9.01. Is there a motion to accept the regular invoices for the month of January? So moved. Motion made and seconded. Any Second. further discussion? All those in favor say aye. 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 Those opposed? Passed by unanimous vote. Financial summaries, ma'am. Yes. In your board docs packets, you have the January 31st, 2021 um, financial report. We are 58% of the way through the fiscal year. We've received 90% of our total budgeted revenue, spent 48% of total budgeted expenses, received 92% of discretionary revenue, and spent 58% of discretionary expenses. Howard Tianis has spent 57% of their budget, and we've received 99% of budgeted local tax revenue. Part two, we received approximately $68,700 in interest in January. The interest rates continue to go down, unfortunately. ILC programs have spent 64% of their budget. The student activity fund balance is approximately 584,000. For the first round of CARES funding, um, we 
have received all $2.8 million. We currently have 24,000 encumbered and have spent 739,000 with 2.1 million remaining. We are holding 9.1 million in federal funds and 1.2 million in donations and student funds and accounts. Major cap money, we have spent 736,000 in January on the new Howard TNS project. And for minor cap, we've spent approximately 3.4 million and have a balance of 1.6 million remaining. Any questions with the financial summaries? Major cap or minor cap? Hearing none, we can move forward into uh, FY21 budget. Yes, um, with the delay in unit count and all of the funding sources that go with that, um, we are now presenting the final budget for both Indian River and Howard T. Ennis. Um, the Indian River budget is $220 million this year. That is significantly higher than in the past, um, but we have major cap money in there and then about $16 million in care funds that we are, 2.8 of which we've received and the remainder we're anticipating and receiving this year. Um, so that enabled us to leave budgets um, relatively stable from where they were this time last year. So I would need a motion to approve. Motion to accept the budget as presented. So move. move. Motion made and seconded. Any further discussion? All those in favor of the budget say aye. 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 Those opposed? Passes by unanimous vote. Six point or 10.06, final 21 budget, Howard Tiennes. Yes, um, Howard Tiennes' budget is $13.5 million. Um, that's based on state receipts and the tuition receipts. Motion to accept. So moved. Second. Motion made and seconded. Any further discussion? All those in favor say aye. 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 Those opposed? Passes by unanimous vote. Thank, Thank you, ma'am. Communication. Uh, use of Howard Tiennes' pool for Red Cross? Yes, uh, we do have a request for the use. Howard Tiennes for lifeguarding instructions for lifeguard certification. March 25th, 26th, 27th, 28th, and April 11th, 22nd, 23rd, 24th, and 25th. And uh, that we do work with DPH uh, in order to uh, ensure we are uh, following protocols with that course. Very good. Is motion to accept? So moved. Motion made and seconded. Any further discussion? All those in favor say aye. 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 Those opposed? Passes by unanimous vote. Personnel agenda for February 22nd. Is there a motion to accept the personnel agenda? Then we second. Motion made and seconded. Any further discussion? All those in favor say aye. Aye. Those opposed? Passes by unanimous vote. Uh, personnel addendum minus number four. Is there a motion to accept? So moved. Motion made and seconded. Any discussion? All those in favor say aye. 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 Opposed? Passes by unanimous vote. Uh, personnel addendum number four. Is there a motion to accept? So moved. Motion made. Second. Seconded. All those in favor say aye. 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 Those opposed? Abstain. Will you poll the board, Mr. Troublefield? Mr. Cathel? Yes. Mr. Collins? Yes. Dr. Darmstadter? Yes. Dr. Hattier? Yes. Mr. Layfield? Yes. Mr. Peden? Yes. Mrs. Pryor? Yes. Dr. Statler? Yes. Mrs. Wright? Abstain. Okay, that's eight yes, 
Zero no and one abstention. Motion passes by majority vote. 12.03, contractual agenda for February 25th. Is there a motion to accept? No, no contractual. No contractual? Yep. No contractual. Okay. The contracts for cafeteria managers, cafeteria workers, and chief custodians. Is there a motion to accept the contracts for? So moved. Motion made and seconded. Any further discussion? All those in favor say aye. 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 Those opposed? Passed by unanimous vote. We've come to the part of our meeting where we can close with any public comments. Anyone like to speak publicly? Hearing none, meeting's adjourned.